mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hello. I don't want to moan in a financial slash energy crisis. But I'm sat in my new podcast studio in what I can only describe is a homemade neck brace out of a fleecy home base blanket around my neck and um, a TENS machine. If you don't know what a TENS machine is, it's like um, TENS stands for something electrical, something, something. Uh, It's like these pads, these sticky pads that you're supposed to put on muscles when you're in labor, I think. I think some people use them just for like muscular relief anyway, but they deliver like a pulse and I don't care what they stand for. They're bullshit. They stand for 10 out of 10 bullshit. They don't do anything. They give these little like pulses to your muscles. feels good right now because I've hurt my neck somehow. I'm just not going to fix my neck. And it certainly would do fuck all in a labor and delivery scenario. Like is the inventor of the TENS machine aware of how much physical pain you're in during contractions? This would not put a dent in it. And it's just distracting me a little bit from the neck pain that I got like doing, I don't even know what I was putting Fred's trousers on this morning. And he was stood up at the bed. He likes to wake up in the morning. He gets out of his, if you don't know this, we have a Montessori bed for Fred. So Montessori basically just is a way of raising your kids to empower them and get them to you know, dress themselves and get their own cups and forks and spoons and clean up their own messes and be quite self-sufficient. And like, I don't know if that's the actual definition of it, but it's a way of learning that encourages them to be a person. You know what I mean? Which is how I think we should teach all of our kids. But a Montessori bed is almost a mattress on the floor. Like a lot of college guys still sleep on. They sleep. If you go home with a guy who's sleeping on a bare mattress on the floor, just be like, oh, you still sleep in your Montessori bed. That's cool. Your mom um, must be trying to give you lots of confidence to let you know that you can get in and out of your own bed um, and you have empowerment over that decision and also you don't have to be afraid of falling out. It's basically a bed on the floor with some railings so they don't roll out. And it's just safer. Like it's not a cot. It's sort of like you're too old to be sleeping in a crib. So here you go. Your bed is on the floor. You can get in and out of it. You're not trapped. You're not like in a cage. So he likes to get out of bed in the morning. And then he comes over to our bed, which is right next to him. And he sort of stands there and Bobby puts on some type of fucking farming video for him. Leo the truck, uh, Tractor Ted, just like random combine harvester videos. And then I take off his jammies and I sit and chat to him on the floor and I get him dressed for the day. No reason whatsoever. I turn my head kink my neck and now I'm absolutely fucked and I just can't believe this has happened and this is just getting older this is what it's like and I had big plans today I was we're doing renovations in the house I will tell you on my social media later on if you're interested in knowing what companies we're working with none of it is an ad 
But when I post my renovations, you just wait and see. So there's a wonderful man called Paul Sharp. He's a builder who was recommended me by another Canadian, not Canadian, comedian friend who'd done some incredible renovations in his house. And he said, oh, you got to get my builder in, Paul Sharp. He's brilliant. And he was. So he busted a door through a wall. So we have a master bedroom that Violet used to sleep in. And that's got its own little walk-in wardrobe and its own ensuite bathroom. Right behind that is another bedroom. So we're now using the other bedroom as a walk-in dressing room. That dressing room was designed by this guy called Dan at Taylor Bespoke. I will post all these beautiful pics. And there's a door, a sliding door that Paul Sharp did in between what is our new bedroom now. Violet's old master bedroom is now ours. And I like I said something about master bedroom and I got a bit of pushback. People were like, we don't say master bedroom anymore. That's to do with slavery. And it's like, yes, okay. Sure, I understand that, but what do we call it then? The main bedroom, like uh, some language. I don't. I don't think that calling something a master bedroom is going to trigger anyone, language-wise. The person who told me not to say it was definitely like very young and white. But it, look, if it triggers you, the main bedroom, the biggest bedroom. I'm sorry. Um, we're going to move down there. That's our bedroom now. Violet gets our bedroom. It's all being moved around. The wardrobe that Violet had. That is now a baby wardrobe for Fred and the baby. And it's all going to be done. And I wanted more renovations, to be very honest with you. But Bobby was like, Catherine, check yourself before you wreck yourself. You're having a baby soon. You want all of this done and dusted so that you don't have to worry about it. And he was right because I'm in full nesting mode. All I want to do is clean stuff, organize stuff, sort all the baby clothes, get all the furniture moved. Oh, so we got all new carpets on that entire floor by the most wild carpet company you've ever heard of in your life, John Frederick. They were recommended to me by a very famous comedian as well and is the softest, most luxurious carpet ever. These are not ads, but if you're doing renovations, like you've just, you've got to spend the extra money, go the extra mile to get the best of the best if you want it to last you for life and you want to be super happy with it. If you can afford it, this is what you want to do. I compared the old carpet to the new carpet, and I honestly think the carpet might be dangerous for Fred. It's so soft, it's literally slippery. And this reminds me of a time long ago when I was invited as a guest to Emma Thompson, the icon's home, and she had some type of amazing carpet, and I took my shoes off, obviously, because I'm not an animal. British people, why don't you take shoes off in houses? This continues to be a problem in my life, even though I've ranted about it on the podcast. No one's listening. You're keeping your shoes on. You're coming into my home, walking all over my baby mats with your shoes on, and you wonder how you got the plague. You're disgusting. Take your shoes off. Took my shoes off, and Emma said, take your socks off. Feel the carpet. And I did. And I was like, Emma Thompson, can I please lay on your carpet? It is the softest carpet I've ever felt in my life. And back then, I was still financially struggling. You know, I was new. I was coming up in the game and I said to myself, oh, one day if I can get carpet like this, I will have made it. And this is what I have with the John Frederick carpet. I don't know if that's the carpet she had, but it's so soft that I think it's actually bordering on slippery. It is like walking on a cashmere cloud of velvet. So that's our new carpet. We did not change the carpets up upstairs where Violet's bedroom is going to be because that's not a high traffic area. You know, the carpets are fine up there. But, you know, there have been a few spills, drinks, this and that. So I got Paragon 
carpet cleaning in to freshen those up, sanitize everything. They've done my carpets downstairs. We don't have any more filming in the house going on before the baby comes. We completed our last filming job yesterday. It's just all coming together. It's all coming together. And I was going to go into the baby wardrobe today and hang some poles while I'll be honest, supervise Bobby hanging some poles and get all my little baskets fitted in there start washing the clothes. We've got the babysitter today who's taken Fred to the park to help out so that I can actually get some things done in the house. And what do I do? Fuck my neck. Why? Why? So this has been eight minutes of the beginning of the podcast, me whining about messing up my neck. If you have any tips and tricks, like I don't think I can even take drugs right now because I'm pregnant. And I don't think I can get a lot of normal massages because I'm pregnant. All of a sudden, you get pregnant and no one will touch you. They're like, whoa, sacred vessel. Just pray about it and God will sort your neck out. Well, guess what? I can't look to the right of my life. What if something's going on over there? <laughs> um, I think that's all the companies that have been helping us with the renovation. I'm so happy with them. I just can't wait to show it to you. I can't wait. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. Consider me North London's Stacey Solomon of Home Renovations with the caveat that I'm not doing any of it myself and she does all of it herself. Let's talk about Halloween. Halloween was the other day. I found it so liberating to go to Jonathan Ross's annual UK celeb studded Halloween bash dressed as something 0% sexy. I know like there's this whole Mean Girls meme where... Karen is in lingerie with ears and she goes, I'm a mouse, duh. And Lindsay Lohan's character says, you know, Halloween in girl world means you can dress like a slut and no one can slag you off for it. I don't think we say slut anymore, but we did back when Mean Girls came out. And it's true. And I still see women, women my own age, who are like, oh, I'm a mouse, duh. You know, they just wear the sexiest thing they can. And it's like, great. They look beautiful. It's fun to do. But I'm a big believer in get your tits out all year round if that's what you want to do. Be authentic. Get your tits out on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Don't wait for Halloween. Get your tits out Remembrance Day, Christmas. It doesn't matter. Um, I had some of my tits out in a dress the other day that I needed to use boob tape for. And I've used in the past, like if you just need a little bit of a lift and you can't wear a bra, you can put a nipple cover on, like a silicone nipple cover to protect that area. And then you can use any kind of tape really like masking tape sometimes I just use a big plaster and you attach it kind of to the nipple area or just below and then you just lift it up in a straight line up and tape the other side as high as you want to and it gives you a little mini breast lift you don't need to be taping your shoulders and going all around depending on the side of your size of your boobs you know it's not necessary you just need a little lift right at the nipple and it will pick up your whole tit I purchased, oh, I don't even want to say what it's called, these actual breast covers. Let's call it Noob or Noom. It was definitely, I'm going to Google Noob breast. Nude? Yeah, it is called Nude. Lovenude.co.uk, the adhesive bra. All right, I'm going to shade this company a little bit. No shade, first of all, because it did incredible work at lifting the boobs. These are like different skin tones, different types of tit tape and accessories for lifting your bust that you can get. And apparently it works for every size and it's really great. In fairness to this company, I don't need that much support. 
and I have breast implants. And I think I chose a size that was a slightly big for me because, you know, my boobs are starting to get bigger now. Da, 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 da. I don't know. But I lifted my breasts with those the other day. They were very easy to use, very effective while on. They lifted my boobs. They were awesome. But then I slept in them all night and I went to peel them off today. And I was just sat here in pain from my neck already trying to peel off this tit tape, literally ripped my skin. I didn't even do it quickly, but I have a rip in my skin. It looks like a burn. Um, it's really sore. And I just need to remember that I don't have normal person skin. My skin is like paper. I have no melanin. You put me out in the sun and I'm like a slug under salt. I'm like, ow, ow, ow. My skin is just too white and too sensitive. Um, oh, it's like raised. It really looks like a burn. Like I stuck my tit in an oven or something and burned it on the side. It's really bad, but I, I don't fault the company, you know, at least my fault. And it almost sticks too well. So now I've learned, I got in the shower after that and I took them off while they were wet and I put lots of like soap and shower oil on them. And then they came off fine slowly. And, you know, I was precarious in my removal of them, but, uh, great on the night, great on the night. Just if you buy them, do not take them off dry. Oh, unless you have really, really strong skin. How? So anyway, a lot of women dress sexy at these Halloween parties and that's fine. They look beautiful. I'm not here to body shame anyone, but I found it so liberating to dress for Halloween as MacGruber. If you've not seen the MacGruber series or sketches on Saturday Night Live or the film, it's great. Will Forte has created this character that's like MacGyver, but a comedy version. And Bobby had Violet and I watched this months ago. He's like, you got to watch MacGruber. I was like, no, I've heard of it. It's not my thing. But we sat and watched it with him. And it really was something for the whole family to enjoy. Wildly inappropriate, really sweet and funny. It's, you know, there's very little that a teenage girl, then someone like me, an elderly gay icon, and then my husband, Bobby, a sports gardening enthusiast, can all enjoy at the same time. We really enjoyed MacGruber. Um, so we decided to go as that Halloween costume, which was dangerously reminiscent of kind of Jeffrey Dahmer's look. I mean, there is a mullet. There are aviator sunglasses. I was a little nervous that someone was going to think I was Jeffrey Dahmer. But I went to the party as like Bobby and I were matching MacGruber and you know, I, I won't say a lot of people got it, but we were not called Jeffrey Dahmer and we got some photos and I had fun. I was in jeans. I was in a flannel shirt. I had no makeup on, uh, no like glam makeup anyway. I had a bit of explosive makeup on because, you know, MacGruber gets himself into little scraps here and there, but he always comes out on top. I had flat shoes. God, I was so comfortable. And then I saw people in heels and corsets and tummies out and tits out. And I just went, oh, this was relaxing. But then I was reading about some of the Halloween parties. And so maybe you're like me, like to watch all of the costumes online, go look up what everyone wore. There is this guy from the UK who has become a Hollywood darling. So I saw Kim Kardashian in her mystique costume. She looks like an avatar character. You must have seen this online too. It's Kim Kardashian with her perfect body, which is a costume in and of itself, day in and day out. She's constantly in fancy dress as like a sex alien. She's got a gorgeous body and she's wearing kind of an, a trademark latex Kim Kardashian full suit. It's blue. She has contacts in and a red wig. She looks great. And I said to myself, oh, where did Kim wear this outfit? to the party of Only Way is Essex alum, Vaz J. Morgan. I was like, who is Vaz J. Morgan? He is the darling of Hollywood. He has emerged 
straight from Brentwood as like this A-list party thrower. So he had a party in West Hollywood on Saturday night. Look who's on his guest list. Justin Bieber and Hailey Bieber, Kim Kardashian, Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly, Winnie Harlow, Jared Leto, Shawn Mendes, Rebel Wilson, Paris Hilton and her new husband. Paris Hilton, for anyone who's feeling badly about themselves getting older, not me, by the way, anyone else who's like, oh, my 20s were the best. Pack yourself a lunch, sit yourself in front of a search engine and Google photos of Paris Hilton when she was 21 and Paris Hilton now. She's 40 years old. The woman has never looked better. And the same goes for Kim K. And I know that there's a lot of intervention to get to that point. And you might look at Paris Hilton and go, no, she hasn't had anything. She's totally natural. No, no, no one in Hollywood is totally natural. Uh, No one even in London with money is totally natural. Some of them look natural. They're not. Kim Kardashian has gone to lengths that, you know, maybe we recognize as being plastic surgery features that you go, oh, okay, that's got to be some type of enhancement. But a lot of people are confused as to what. But then you look at Paris Hilton and you go, oh, she's had nothing. There's something going on, something going on besides witchcraft. She looks fucking great. And that's not a criticism, by the way. Good for her. So this guy, Vaz, he was only on Towie for two years, from 2014 to 2016. I was not watching it at that time, so I did not know who he was. But then he also went on Celebs Go Dating in 2018. He's put reality TV behind him, and now he's an advocate for people with mental health issues. And he received a lot of racial abuse after being the first LGBTQ person of color to join Towie. He talked about that in Forbes magazine. And, you know, he seems like a really great guy, but how the hell have I never come across him? And now he's basically like besties with Kim in Paris. Vaz J. Morgan, what? I don't know how he's doing this. He's besties with Victoria's Secret models, Lindsay Lohan, oh, Taylor Swift he's hanging out with in this photo. That little Richie, Sophia Richie that was dating Scott Disick for a while. Rita Ora, like what? He had a celebrity gossip website, which ran for seven years, but then he shut it down. And he's got a fashion magazine. But like this guy, he's only 33. He is, he must be one of the most charming people on earth. He's gone to Hollywood and he's basically the darling of all the people that I want to be friends with. How you doing it, Vaz? Well, I'll tell you how. Not by sitting in your podcast studio, hooked up to a TENS machine, whining about taking your tit tape off too fast. Vaz J. Morgan wears no tit tape. He goes nips out balls to the walls any day he wants. God. Well, good for you, Vaz. It looked like a hot Halloween party. Um, The costumes, yeah, Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. I'm still not about it. Do you know, I was saying to someone like, Megan Fox, I don't get it. I don't. There's something about that relationship that irks me. And that person was like, Catherine, you hold your tongue. Megan Fox is great. She's an incredible feminist. She was talking about Me Too long before anyone would listen. She truly like steps up to the mark. She might not present herself in the way that you like all the time, but she is the type of authentic woman that you need to support. So, I mean, fine. I've been corrected. I will give Megan Fox another chance. It's something about the relationship that just... Like this story came out about Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox the other day where he was snorting cocaine off her tits and someone was like, well, that's not a great message to be sending to your young fans. What young people are friends, fans of Machine Machine Gun Kelly? I want to know. Like he seems exactly like the kind of guy who snorts coke off people's tits. I don't know. I'm, I'm getting old. Good for this guy, though, from Towie, who is now 
king of party Hollywood, friends with the Kardashians. Don't know how he's done it, but he must be awesome. And it's also probably pissing off Gemma Collins to no end. And I don't take any pleasure in that. I love Gemma Collins. I've said it before. I think that's how all entertainers should be. Lot the Jay say. Love her. Her new podcast is back. She had a podcast and now it's exclusively on Acast, like mine. And so welcome to the family. Jay say. Vaz J. Morgans was, of course, not the only star-studded Halloween party. The American Jonathan Ross herself, that is Heidi Klum, who for some reason brands herself the Halloween queen. She threw another party and I'm sure you saw her costume. I hated it. I'll have nightmares about this costume. In fairness, she did what I did this Halloween, which is be like, I've been sexy enough years. I'm going as a worm. Heidi Klum infamously beautiful, one of the most beautiful women worldwide. And yes, the worm costume did have a glittery sort of bodysuit that she looked naked in underneath and she took off the worm costume because it was claustrophobic in there. If you didn't see Heidi Klum's worm costume the other day, please have a search of it now. It's absolutely worth seeing. It's creepy. It's weird. It's wild. It was funny, but she seamlessly blended into this thing. And it was so claustrophobic that apparently she had to have a paramedic on hand just to get her out of it in case she had a fit. So, I mean, fine, fine. She's gone as sexy characters. She's gone as spooky characters. It's always a triumph of special effects and hair and makeup when you see Heidi Klum's Halloween costumes. But this one, I don't know how she thought of it. She's a giant, disgusting worm, and her husband is a fisherman. And then when she got inside the party, she was naked for some reason. Like, I don't really understand that evolution of worm but i don't have to you know it's not for me to understand um she had elon musk there it's a weird guest list actually julia fox infamously not one of my favorites she's like i hate anyone i don't hate anyone but people currently in hollywood with the last name fox i'm not about it who else is there fox news julia fox megan fox stunt queens let's look famous foxes I'll tell you had a good costume at Jonathan Ross's Halloween party was Morgana. She dressed as a fox huntress and it was sexy and I liked it a lot. Famous foxes. No, this is like Fox Federation's The Robin Hood when he was a fox. A lot of people had a crush on Disney's Robin Hood as a fox. Kind of the way like men have a crush on Lady Bugs Bunny. Famous foxes. Notable people with the last name Fox. Yes, this is what I want. So who is there? Michael J. Fox. I don't dislike him. I don't know a lot of these people. Megan Fox don't like. Lawrence Fox. Oh my God. Why is everyone with the last name Fox? Such an enemy of mine. A lot of these people I've not heard of. I won't lie. Um, Vivica A. Fox. I do like her actually. I think I like her. Jamie Fox. I like that's two X's though. Samantha Fox. So she's a glamour model. I don't know her, but I've heard good things. Hmm. This is 10 out of 10 content, by the way. Freddie Fox, who's that? In any case, it's a red flag, the last name Fox. Sorry if your name's uh, anything Fox. Heather Graham looked good at this party. Uh, Ice Tea and Coco. If you don't know this duo of hip hop and acting, get acquainted. Nicole Coco Austin was a model who naturally had a tiny waist and a big butt. She's blonde. I want to say I think her family's 
from somewhere in the Midwest, maybe Texas. I know her mom got sick for a while and then they had to live in Mexico because her mom was exploring alternative treatments, which worked, by the way. So God bless years and years ago. But she was at a party. I think she was modeling or she was in hip hop videos or something. And Ice-T approached her, the very famous rapper, and he's really great on Twitter as well, Ice-T. And he said, oh, hi, yeah, nice to meet you. And then she went to walk away and he was like, blah, 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 blah. And he said, excuse me, um, I'd like to take you on a date. Would you ever go out with a gangster rapper? And she said, well, I would if he's nice. And he said, baby, if you put a, take the N off nice, you get ice. And he said, it was a pimp line sent to me from the gods. Why do I know their origin story so well? Well, I just do. And then she took it upon herself to just move on him and become his wife. And she is the most serious rapper's wife I've ever seen in my life. Like she takes her body so seriously, like it's a job. She works on that ass day and night and she cleans and heals and she looks after him and all of their dogs and now their daughter Chanel. And she's just, she's not one of these women that's like, oh, I'm gonna kick back and be a millionaire's wife. No, like I think she puts more effort into her career as a hip-hop wife than any hip-hop artist in the history of time. She's inspirational and you need to see her body because she's what now? Probably 40 years old and she has Kim Kardashian's body, but naturally. And if you don't think it's natural, you just have to look at old photos of her. She always had that body. It's amazing. And she works out and she does the splits and he doesn't mind. You know, they had like a weird bump in the road I think she was pictured with some random DJ and the story was like the DJ said he was friends with Ice and that's why she posed for the photo. But overall, there's no jealousy apparent in that relationship and she's just so hot and they looked great at the party and of course she had her ass out. Of course she did. I went to Jonathan Ross's party. I didn't see too many people there, you know, like it's tough for me because I arrived really early with Bobby and there were paparazzi there. It was very exciting. I didn't think that that was going to happen this year because usually it's at Jonathan's house, but he very wisely had it at a wonderful club in central London. Um, and as soon as he told me that, I was like, oh God, I'm so happy for you. I can't imagine having that many people in my house, in my garden every Halloween. But Jonathan's a very gracious host, Jonathan and his incredible wife, Jane. Um, Dizzy Rascal was there. I haven't seen him in a long time. That was exciting for me. We were, uh, worked together on Nevermind the Buzzcocks years ago. Big Nasty. Um, oh, it was a really cute costume. Alan Carr and Paloma Faith did, uh, like a twinning, shining twins. That was cute. Uh, I saw Joel Domit and his lovely wife. I saw Jimmy Carr there, of course. It was just a fun night. I hope you had a very happy Halloween. But my main question is, why the fuck was Elon Musk at Heidi Klum's Halloween. What is this guy? You know, we've been talking about Elon Musk a lot in the news, a lot in the comedy community. Comedians have been dragging him because the one thing that he appears to want to be but can't buy is funny. He surrounds himself with comedians. He like wants to be funny. He keeps putting himself in that world. And he's just not funny. And I love it because you can buy anything, uh, presumably Twitter with $44 billion, but you just can't buy funny. And he's he's desperate to do it. And he's just, I don't know about this guy. First of all, wait a minute, this party 
was sponsored by Amazon. So Amazon have money to throw Heidi Klum's Halloween party, but not to renew my show. All right. Okay, Amazon. Um, Elon is trying to be funny on Twitter. He's now trying to say that he's going to start charging blue ticks money to be on Twitter, not understanding at all that being on Twitter is a terrible curse, a burden, and something that I cannot wait to shed from my life. I use it in a positive way. I'm not arguing on there. I'm not there loads. But I just, I don't see it going any way that people who are verified with their accounts are going to be like, oh, of course, I'm going to start paying, what was it, $20 a month or $8 a month? It doesn't matter. I wouldn't pay five cents a month to stay on Twitter. Like, please. This is the first thing Elon Musk has done that I agree with. I do not agree with him having like 10 kids with three women. And I've thought about this a lot. I know I talked about it on the podcast before, but my main issue with it is that these men are having children for selfish reasons. They want to build a legacy. They don't actually want to spend time with any kids. They don't raise these kids. There's no way that these very busy men whose kids live in different homes are like super hands-on teaching them this and that and taking them to the park and doing all the mundane toddler stuff. Like they're just not doing it. So what are you having kids for? Like I have kids because I love my kids. I want to enjoy my kids. I want to spend as many days doing the toddler stuff with my kids. I stood outside and watched Fred stomp back and forth in a puddle for like nearly an hour the other day. And I could have been like, let's go home. I don't want to stand outside in the rain at this puddle. But I didn't because I was like, you know, it's wonderful to experience the magic of discovery of being a child again through his eyes. So I'm going to stand out here in the rain and let him enjoy this filthy puddle. And then when he was finished, I took his shoes off. His feet were soaked because he doesn't fit into any wellies. I actually just had wellies delivered to the house probably 30 minutes ago. And Bobby's going to hit the roof because he's going to be like, why? Why do you have so many shoes for this baby? More boxes. But it's because I can't find, I don't know what the fuck size he is. So I just have to keep ordering shoes and wellies and boots and praying that one of them fits. So far, he has two pairs of shoes that fit and probably 25 pairs that we've sent back. But I digress. (sighs) Elon Musk says he's not going to let Twitter become a hellscape. Because a lot of people are like, oh, it's just a haven for free speech now. Um, You know, but that is code for a racist cesspool. And he's like, no, 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 definitely not. But then in the first 12 hours after he bought Twitter, the N-word usage was up by 500%. And he says he's going to reinstate Donald Trump's banned account. I mean, he, he dissolved the entire board of directors, which is kind of awesome. It's pretty cool to walk into any company and be like, yo, you fired, you fired, you fired, like six, or was it 10? Nine, like, yeah, nine high up people, the CFO, the CEO, and he appointed himself the sole director of the company. So I mean, let's see what happens. Is Elon Musk a benevolent leader who wants the best for all of us? Or is he going to be the death of us all? Only time will tell. He grew up in South Africa, actually in the same town as Oscar Pistorius lived in. You might know that asshole from such crimes as murdering his girlfriend. Elon's first wife was Canadian, and then he married an English actress twice. They did that thing where people get married, and then they divorce, and then they get married again, and then they finally divorce. And then he was with another Canadian, musician Grimes. They have one or two babies, I think. God knows. And now Elon's single. 
so many single hotties out in the world today with billions, billions of pounds that if Nicole Coco Austin was available to take, then she could. We need to infiltrate these men with the right kind of hustler because they've got too much money and they're too dangerous. I'm looking at pictures of Elon Musk. He has changed his appearance throughout the years. Fine. So have I. Time does that anyway. And often, especially with a geeky guy, time is very kind. Do you ever see a guy who was like too, I don't know, gangly in high school? He was getting zero hand jobs. He was just very awkward around women. He you know, probably like Elon Musk. I mean, I didn't know Elon Musk in South African high school, but I can imagine, you know, he didn't have the best bants. And then he had premature baldness, which women don't care about, but men take to heart. And now he looks better. We'll leave it at better. He's clearly had a hair transplant. And there's no shame in that. I'm not sure if he's public about the hair transplant or not. I can't really see his teeth that well. But good for him if he's had them straightened. And then I don't think looking at his face, he might have had some sort of masculine jaw filler. It's a really great little aesthetic trick for anyone masculine listening. Uh, It's the Superman jaw. So it's sort of like the same uh, filler that you will see a lot of women use to plump their lips or to fill in hollowness under their eyes. Again, fillers, not Botox. Filler adds volume. But it's a bit harder substance, and they'll put it deep along your jawline to give you like a bigger jaw, and they'll also put it in your chin. So what makes men, his, you know, generally very traditionally unattractive is weak jaw, weak chin. Men are so lucky. They just have the best legs, all of them, and their faces are so easy to fix. If you've got a weak jawline and you're a man and you don't have any cash, grow a beard, problem solved you can landscape a jawline and fool anyone. Talk about makeup. Oh, girls should be arrested for fraud if they wear makeup. No, no, no. Makeup's never fooling anyone. It might, you know, correct a few flaws, but a full manscaped beard, whatever it's called, that can give you a Superman jaw. But if you want to be clean shaven, you can just go and get filler in your jawline and in your chin and have a Superman jaw. So yes, I think Elon has already also done that, which is fine. And maybe his nose is different. I can't tell. But otherwise, he just looks like one of those geeky guys who kind of grew into his face. His mom's hot. His dad must be hideous because his mom is, what, like 70 years old and one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. Let me see Elon Musk's parents. We're really getting to the May Musk. That's even a stunning name. May Musk. Look how gorgeous she is. And Errol Musk. Let's get a load of Errol. I mean, Errol looks good too. Ah. Born in 1945? Errol Musk is hot. Elon Musk's parents are hot. What the? Oh, I think his teeth have been done. Fine. Errol, yum, yum, yum. He's another one though who's got like 20 kids and it's weird. Oh, do you know what, guys? I think Elon Musk is good looking. He's got good genetics. I think like a fine wine, he'll get better with age. Errol's hot. May's hot. Maybe these people should be having lots of kids and fucking the rest of us off to space. 
The last thing this week that has riled me in, uh, I mean, quote unquote, celeb news, and uh, it's been a busy week for it. Apparently, Matt Hancock, the former health secretary, you know, the guy who broke all the COVID rules while making us follow a bunch of stupid COVID rules. By the way, my sister, and I'm not going to say which one. Well, no, I'm not even going to say it's my sister. Someone I know who may or may not want to be identified has been vaccinated five times. And I don't want to judge anyone for how they choose to handle a pandemic. But what the fuck are you doing when you want to be vaccinated against something? But maybe the vaccine is ineffective, babe. If you need to have it every second. And please don't even write me being like, I get the flu vaccine every year, Catherine. No need. No need. I despise Matt Hancock. I despise his face. I despise the way he gives interviews. I despise his political party. All of uh, the terrible decisions that he's made. All the lies that he's told. Uh, The way he grabs women's asses on CCTV is disgusting. Um, Didn't he... Did he cheat on his wife with this person? Or were they already separated? I mean, he was caught on camera with another woman that he worked with while he was officially married. And it's been widely reported that he's going to enter as a late arrival on I'm a Celeb. And like he's currently supposed to be looking after his constituency. He's currently supposed to be paid by the taxpayer. And the rumors that he's entering I'm a Celeb on ITV are substantiated enough by the fact that the Conservative Party have suspended him with immediate effect. Is he still going to be getting that paycheck while he's in there? And then who's going to look after his burrow? I mean, anyone. The lettuce. Let the lettuce do it and do a better job than Matt Hancock, even if he was here. Part of me feels like people are going to be excited to see him eating kangaroo dick in the jungle. But another part of me is just like, isn't civil service supposed to be about something else? Like, what is wrong with these power-hungry demagogues that they're like, I wish to go into politics because, you know, the the reason for that officially is I want to help people and apply my knowledge to government so that I can make the world a better place. None of them actually want to do that. They want power. They want connections. And obviously, they want to be famous because they try to be reality stars. They go on all these shows after. I don't have any big problems with that balls. He seemed like a nice guy. But what the fuck was he doing? Like, Twitter searching himself and going on Strictly. At least he was retired by then, I think. But Matt Hancock, like a pure villain to this country, a complete fucking moron. We're now like, oh, yeah, let's have him. Like, shame on us if we watch that. And I love ITV, but I will not be watching that. Like, I just can't participate in, uh, like, porn, like, hate political porn of watching Matt Hancock do anything. I just don't like it. I've seen enough. I've seen Matt Hancock enough since the pandemic began. And this is not something that I can participate in at all. Personally, it's a personal decision. I can watch something else. I can watch ITVB. I can watch ITV too. But I'm not going to be watching this. And I don't know a lot of the other people. But that's not, you know, a slam on the other people. I just sometimes don't know people. I love Mike Tyndall. I think he's great. He is the rugby player and husband of Zara Tyndall, Nee Phillips, daughter of my favorite royal, Princess Anne. 
Boy George seems cool. Olivia Atwood from Love Island seems very interesting. But I mean, come on, Matt Hancock. And then I've also heard that my friend Sean Walsh is a late arrival. Um, another, another one born from a very public scandal. I might have to watch Sean if he's in though, because we're pals. No, I can't. Sean, I can't. No, not if Matt Hancock is in there. I cannot support a politician who's meant to be a servant, a civil servant, making his community better, going on I'm a celeb. There should be people who want to be famous and serve the world that way by making them laugh or making them cry or being a good, like, dramatic actor, whatever. And then people who actually do their fucking job and to reward politicians again and again for not doing their job is not something that I can subscribe to. But, you know, power to you if you like that show and you want to watch it. And you will probably see him eat a dick, which is what we have been waiting for from the start of this shit. Please enjoy these messages from our sponsors. And when we return, I will be opening the emails and seeing what letters you've sent me this week. If you'd ever like to send me a letter, the address is telling everybody everything at gmail.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com What do we have here? Catherine, should I marry him? I've been with my fiancé for eight years, one of those engaged and cohabiting. He's handsome, emotionally supportive, funny, driven, gets on with my family, and we are best friends. But this last year, he's let himself go. He stopped going to the gym, put on some weight, doesn't have many hobbies other than golf once on the weekend, and he sits and plays FIFA almost every evening. Ew. I can't tell you how happy I am that Bobby does not do that. Now, FIFA's fun, whatever. Um, I think he and Violet got to playing a little bit of video games during lockdown and stuff, and it was fine. But these guys who just have like the headsets and the headphones and they're logged in and that's just all they do. It's a, I feel like too much of it is genuinely a symptom of depression. And I am in no position to diagnose anyone with that, pathologize depression, but like, I think it's an addiction and I think it's weird. All right. He's also letting himself go hygienically. He's admitted to only washing once every four days and re-wearing boxers. So I'm sure you can appreciate that when he asks me to suck his dick, I don't feel like it. Our differing sex drives have always been a tender point of discussion. I'm finding myself wanting sex less and less due to these things. But when it comes up, it's like he doesn't want to hear it and he makes out as if I'm nagging him 
to fulfill the most basic grooming routine. I do love him so much, but I'm struggling to see when things are going to change as this has been brought up many times in the past and nothing has changed. How do I let him know this is having a massive effect on my sex desire without offending him and potentially affecting our future relationship slash marriage? Oh no. My golden rule is to never date for potential. Always date what is exactly in front of you because that potential very rarely comes to fruition. Like why would you think something's going to change if it hasn't changed already in a man that you've been dating for eight years, you've been living with him and engaged for one year and that's the year he chooses to let himself go? I mean, it could be that he actually is depressed. I don't know, but I think it would be worth seeing if you could nudge him into some therapy or couples therapy and get a neutral third party's opinion because you've done all that you can do. I I also, another golden rule of mine, I don't believe in articulating yourself over and over. If you have made your position clear once, that's really the only the only amount that you should be required to articulate yourself. It's like, I'm not going to let myself become an egg. I've said what I said. You can choose to respect my wishes and take my feelings seriously, or you can choose to ignore me. So I think if you really love him and you said, you know, he's emotionally supportive and your best friends, but like, I wouldn't ask my best friend to suck my filthy penis. I don't think best friends do that. And I don't think it's emotionally supportive to ignore someone's very real requests in a respectful, mutually advantageous relationship. So you say that he's all these things, but he's not really acting respectfully of you. If you're saying, I don't really want to have sex with you. I feel this. I feel that. And he's just like, I don't want to. Like he's not listening to you. And that's disrespectful. And that will lead to resentment in your marriage. No, I don't think you should be in a hurry to marry him. First of all, there's no need to ever marry anyone. Unless you're trying to keep them in the country. But um, go to therapy with him. And see if you can get a neutral third party to work on some of these underlying issues of listening and respect because those are the foundations in your relationship and if you lose respect for him and if you start to resent him then you are totally doomed doomed it's about more than just the dirty penis oh my god Catherine, my house was broken into by my best friend's husband Catherine, i come to you with a broken spirit last week my husband and i were out of town when the alert for our outdoor camera went off I switched it on to see a man try to open our back door. He rummaged around our planters and mat to find a spare key. And when that was unsuccessful, he went to our garage. There he found two sets of keys. He tried every key until he was able to find the right one and enter our home. Backstory, I live in a small rural town where my husband is a detective in our local sheriff's office. At this point, I'd already called law enforcement and they were en route to the house. The man was in our house for seven minutes, though. At the time, we didn't have a camera inside, so we have no idea what he did while he was in there. The first officer arrived to the house as the man exited our home. He was arrested (gasps) and has pending felony charges. Well, good for you. Your husband, the detective, works for a really good sheriff's office. The worst part of all of this is we know the man. Yeah. 
He's the husband of one of my oldest and best friends. In the days after, we've changed the locks and installed more cameras inside and out. I've not communicated with my girlfriend, as our lawyer advised me not to while the case is pending. Oh. All of this has left me emotionally empty. I feel tired all the time. I don't know how to shake the unanswered questions and the feeling of not being safe in my home. How can I be myself again? What, if any, path forward is there with his wife, my friend? How should you proceed? How would you proceed? Oh my God. Well, look, I'm sure you've had girlfriends in your life who have dated scoundrels. This guy could have drug dependency issues. He could have just been, you know, I mean, here's the sad thing about the current state of the world and the financial crisis and everything else is formerly and currently good people have their backs up against a wall and they're getting more desperate. And I've even seen it in my neighborhood. Yes, I'm on the next door app where neighbors come to slag each other off. Curtain twitchers unite. And I've read about more robberies and I've seen ring camera videos and security videos of very normal looking couples, like not the type of professional break and under specialists that you would expect who are desperate and they're robbing people. And I guess people might even rob those they know, though it seems very, very fucking stupid for someone who knows you and therefore knows your husband is a detective with the local sheriff's office to come rob you. So, I mean, the guy's not smart for a start. Do you think your girlfriend was in on it and she told him to go rob you and had information about where you might have keys? Or do you think she's an innocent bystander in all of this? Because that's what you need to find out first. And also, what are her moves in her marriage? Like, has she made any attempts to reach out to you? Like, I know your lawyer has said not to talk to her, and I get that while the case is pending. But has she left any type of peace offering or like, oh, my God, this guy, uh, I don't know how, you know, because I'm sure she's feeling if she's not in on it, she's feeling the same as you, even worse because she's heartbroken now that her husband has, what do you call them, criminal charges? Felony? Why felony? Why is it a felony? Oh, Anyway, you know, she's in a bad spot. You're in a bad spot. This is just sad all around. I think that's what it is. Crime is sad. And when our home was broken into, I get the feeling like you don't feel safe in your home. I don't know what this guy could have done I play it back in my head like what if Violet was home what if just Violet was home with the young babysitter that we had at the time like what were this guy's intentions he did have a weapon um maybe he wouldn't have pulled it out if my husband hadn't confronted him like maybe he just carries a weapon anyway like I'm sure he just wanted to take some things and didn't actively want to hurt anyone but you never know so these scenarios play out in your head I think What we took from our burglary and hopefully what you can take from yours is that, oh, okay, this has highlighted some security gaps that we had. Get your husband to have some special unit come over and advise you on how you can best secure your home. Sounds like you've already done a lot of that. And take it as a lesson and go, all right, we need alarms and we need to set the alarms every time we go and we need cameras inside and outside and maybe we get a German shepherd and this is what we do. Um, as far as your friendship, you're just going to have to uh, approach it like almost from a place of humility and just be humble about like, wow, my friend is in a worse position than I am, I think. 
because this is my friend's husband, but it's her actual husband. And she's lost a lot in this too. And then you're just going to have to wait for the court case and see what her involvement was, if any. But I mean, I would approach it from a place of, you know, gratitude that your husband isn't in a position where he has to steal from your friends and sorrow for my friend, you know, like, yeah, I'm just sorry for for whatever the hell led this formerly nice friend couple of yours to have to do this because I'm sure that they're not bad people who wanted to hurt you. <gasps> Catherine, my sister's fiance cheated. They've been together for 10 years. They got engaged a couple of years ago. He asked her to marry him. He works away a lot. She recently told me that in August, he slept with someone while he was working away. She found out when the girl he cheated with's fiance messaged her to tell her. Okay, so he's engaged. This other woman is engaged. She got caught. And the guy was like, well, guess what? I'm going to tell his fiance too. She confronted him about it and he admitted it. It was a few days after it happened. Oh, God. She asked him if he would have told her if she hadn't found out this way. And he said, of course, I would have told you. She asked him if he still wanted to be together or break up. And he said that he'd made a mistake and he wanted to stay together. He's almost 50. My sister is 10 years younger and he cheated with someone who was in her late 20s. What a fucking loser. My sister has decided to stay with him and get back to normal. Mm. I feel heartbroken for her and I also feel like she deserves better. Prior to this, I thought her fiancé was amazing. He was kind, fun, caring, and a brilliant dad to his children from a previous marriage. My sister does not have or want any more children. Now I feel like I'm questioning everything. I don't believe he would have told her. No, he wouldn't have if he didn't get caught. And Oh, and I feel like he's done it before while he's working away. Yeah, he definitely has. <sighs> My sister's put quite a lot of weight on in the last few years. I think her self-esteem is low, so she thinks she probably can't get any better. What do you think of the situation? Is there anything I can do? All that you can do, because this is your sister, and I mean, this is advice for parenting, too, that I have read for myself leading up to, you know, whatever the universe has in store for my future, is you can feel really passionately about something, but uh, you got to decide where the line is between pushing your sister or your teenage daughter or whomever is close to you away. So I was with some really bad guys who did really bad things. And there came a point when like some of my family members were so judgmental about it. Some of my friends were so aggressive about it that I didn't want to tell them anymore. And I was ashamed because I had stayed with someone I shouldn't. And I kind of shut down and I stopped telling them because... I don't know. I just felt like an idiot. And then the the people who are most useful when you have no one else or you feel sad about the main person in your life, which is usually your partner, are the people who listen and they can give you their opinion, but they don't cross the line where like you're embarrassed to tell them anymore, you know? So this is ultimately her decision. If she wants to stay with someone that she knows has cheated on her, then, oh God, one of a few things could be happening. You know, like maybe she is fine with it. I think if, if it was my sister, I would say, look, this is what you have to decide. Are you okay with this happening again? Because I think it's happened before. Because whenever you see one rat, there's a hundred rats you don't see. 
So are you prepared to be in this relationship knowing that he will work away and do what he wants to do while he's away like Snoop Dogg and come home to you and you will be his like main partner that he loves and he won't be taking any resources away from the family. You know what I mean? And you'll just turn a blind eye to it. And is that how you want to live? Or do you really feel like you're putting your trust in him that this is the only time it's happened and it's never going to happen again? Because those are two different roads that you can go down. Obviously, she's not happy about it. She's hurt. It's not something that, you know, she wants from her relationship. Because I feel like sometimes there's a shock element too, where you get cheated on and you go, oh my God, this hurts so much. But the only way I can feel better right now is if I tell myself everything's back to normal. If I tell myself my partner loves me and they're not going to do it again and everything's going to be okay. And you can pretty much live that lie for about 12 to 18 months before you go, no, fuck this. I'm better than this. And you leave. But for her to have that type of self-esteem, you know, you can't alienate her by being too judgmental. You have to stay in her life and just paint the picture of the different choices that she has. And then whichever one she wants to go with, just be like, all right, I'm going to support you. You don't have to leave him now. That's fine. Everybody makes mistakes. Cool. But let's be really clear about what you're choosing to believe that this happened once and it's never going to happen again. Okay, this is the road we're going down. Or he's cheats on you while he's away and you are going to just not care. Okay, I'm on board with you, sis. That's the road we're going down. Because it's one of those two roads. And um, you just have to be there if it all falls apart. And then like you could be hostile to him when she's not looking and give him evils and call him a cunt. This is a long one, but I'm going to read it in its entirety because it is from a 75-year-old white widowed male. He says, I'm uh, probably not who you would imagine, Catherine, as your target audience. But since I discovered your podcasts in the lockdown of 2020, you've been high on my list of eagerly anticipated weekly morning walk companions. And I value your listenership. And I love that you're 75 and you like my podcast. Now, he goes on to um, be very kind about my disarming honesty and intelligent common sense and the esteem that radiates between myself, Bobby and Violet. But then he has something to say about my language. And I feel like I can't totally discount his advice because I just did use the C word. He said, um, <laughs> I'd like to admit that I am of an age where conversational effing and worse is generally regarded as the domain of the ignorant and simply evidence of poor vocabulary. I really don't think I'm a prude and I agree with the brilliant Murray Roman that sometimes, oh sugar, don't make it. But if you were my daughter, I might occasionally suggest a little restraint, although I'm sure it's a generational thing. He speaks like a poet and I think, yeah, my view on swearing is that there is a time and a place and I view these conversations as being very intimate ones and I think that if I were around the dinner table or in my living room with friends then yeah I might use colorful language I think I would use less colorful language in other scenarios but I've chosen to make this podcast like as intimate and honest as I can and as unedited and unfiltered and Yeah, I do. I do. I do swear sometimes. So thank you for tolerating that because I know it's not of your generation at all. All right. I do need to seek your view in a situation that is causing me great anxiety. My daughter is around your age and she's been married to her popular, well-educated and successful husband for seven years. 
Before becoming a full-time mother, she had a career with a global brand, which I'm like taking out details just in case. Blah, blah, but she is uh, happy to have given that up to become a wife and mother. She's kind, thoughtful, and competent with seemingly infinite patience for her two children. In truth, sometimes I feel she indulges them too much, but I would never interfere. I know from bitter experience with my own in-laws just how damaging the meddling of the older generation can be to a marriage. However, on a recent visit to see my daughter and her family, her two very bright and lovely children said that the previous evening, quote, mummy and daddy had been shouting and daddy hit mummy. You will understand. Hmm that a long journey means I don't see my daughter, son-in-law, and grandchildren as often as I would like, so I only have an occasional glimpse into their life together. However, over the past 10 years and until my most recent visit, I have never had the slightest hint that my son-in-law was anything but a steady, grounded, loving husband and father. He still seems to be the most unlikely person to inflict any kind of domestic abuse, particularly physical, but regular media reports suggest that this is often the case with even close friends being unaware of a problem. I'm only laughing because the way that you speak is really beautiful. Uh, Regular media reports suggest that this is often the case. You know, the way that you speak, and this is a very serious subject, and I'm going to get back to it in a minute. The way that you speak has led by example that maybe I should swear less because when I read my daughter's text messages, as I do very often, because it's not her phone, it's mine, the style, you know, the vernacular that they use and the abbreviations and all, and the way they spell really drives me up the wall. And I feel like the way that I speak in comparison to that is exactly the way you speak in comparison to the way I speak. So I think if we could all be a little more aspirational and speak a little bit more like each older generation, then we all speak better. Back to this terrible, terrible story. My grandchildren told me about the hitting incident first thing in the morning while their mom was preparing breakfast and daddy was having a shower. If there had been an opportunity for me to be alone with my daughter or just with her and the children, I feel I would have broached the subject there and then just to let her know that she didn't have to hide or tolerate any abuse. Unfortunately, the entire family then remained as a unit until it was time for me to leave. So for the last week, I've been agonizing over what to do. I've ruled out emailing or phoning my daughter because I'm concerned that a poorly timed call or badly chosen word could result in my attempt backfiring, perhaps causing my already infrequent visits to dwindle even more. If I am to broach the subject, I feel I need to do it face to face where I can better read her true emotions and respond to any possible hostility that might arise from a badly chosen phrase or misunderstood assertion. My next visit will be for a couple days around Christmas when we're all going to an event together and there will most likely be an opportunity to speak privately with my daughter. I'd really appreciate your thoughts and opinion on whether I should broach the subject with my daughter at all. And if so, what might be the best approach? Thank you for your almost weekly podcast, Catherine. I can imagine how difficult it must be to juggle your busy life and still make time to plan, record and edit it's single-handedly. You really do a brilliant job. I love this man. With that in mind, you may get some amusement from Meghan Markle's podcast credit list if you haven't already seen it. Included are six executive producers, two producers with help from a newer gill, an associate producer with help mate, a senior producer, two senior engineers, both with help, a music supervisor, a technical director with help, a fact checker, two booking assistants, three Spotify studio executives, and the entire team at Archwell. 
Shame I found the podcast less than interesting and stopped following. Too many cooks. First of all, I'm in love with this man. Everything I said about young women dating older men, I take back because this is a whip smart, clever and magnanimous character. And I'm sorry to have diverted from your real issues so many times to tell you that. This is very serious. I think that your instinct to do it face to face is indeed the correct one. It is another generational miss that we no longer have face to face conversations. My generation specifically, we just text, maybe send a photo message. If someone calls you, you usually wait until it stops ringing, then text them back. What do you want? I mean, you do need to see someone's reaction, especially to respond appropriately in the moment when you're addressing a really serious subject. And of course, it's been breaking your heart that you think that your daughter might have been struck by her husband. Little kids do sometimes exaggerate. Like there is a a little ray of hope that maybe they were arguing and he didn't hit her, you know, the way they think he hit her like it could have resolved itself and they'd be joking and then there was a little like even a slap on the bum like kids will tell the craziest stories sometimes there's a very famous meme again like we send photos around instead of meeting each other for coffee now where there's a little girl at school and she's been asked to draw her mother at work and she draws what looks to be her mother swinging around a podium, a raised podium, swinging on the pole, and loads of men are handing cash up to her. And the teacher questioned this little girl further, like, oh, what what have you drawn here, mommy at work? And she said, yes, my mommy works at a hardware store, and it was a big snowstorm, and she was really um, overwhelmed trying to sell the last shovel. There was one snow shovel left, and everyone wanted the shovel. So this very rudimentary stick figure of a woman standing on what looked to be a podium in a stripper pole, which it was a shovel and all the men handing money just wanted this last shovel. So, you know, I'm hoping that the grandchildren, um, you know, witnessed some kind of argument, overheard something, and then it was fine. And there was a tiny playful slap or something on the bum afterwards. Maybe it was that, maybe. But um, yeah, I would absolutely want to raise this with my daughter and I would absolutely want to do it face to face and get her alone. And you can do it in a non-confrontational way. You can say, you know, there's been something that has been on my mind since I saw you last and I have been agonizing over how to bring it up because the last thing that I ever want to do is alienate or offend you or make you feel embarrassed. I don't feel that I even get to see you enough living so far away. So you know, please don't take this the wrong way. I want to always be, you know, a source of safety and comfort, a soft place for you to land if anything's ever wrong in your life. And the girls, I would just be very honest. I would say the girls mentioned to me at breakfast that there was an argument and someone was hurt, like someone got hit. And I just wondered, like, is everything okay? Because If you tell me it's fine, I won't push you on it, but I am concerned because I love you so much and the children seem to think they overheard something. So, you know, I won't act in any way that you don't want me to act or confront anyone you don't want me to confront. But if you want to tell me what's going on, you could do that. That's how I would do it with my daughter. And I mean, hopefully I'm right and it was a misunderstanding. But if not, and it was just a one-off, 
that's the next best scenario. And if there is a problem there, I think that that's as much as you can do to leave the door open for your daughter to confide in you. And you said yourself, like, otherwise, it seems like she's happy and everything's good. And you know your daughter's smart and forthright and had this big career and now is a stay-at-home mom. And she just doesn't sound like the... I mean, yeah, you're right, though. Like, you never know who's the type to allow themselves to be, like, dominated and trapped. But I feel like your instincts on this will be really good when you see her face-to-face. And even if she doesn't tell you the truth, she might down the road, like a week later or a month later... Or you might be able to get a read just based on her face, how she reacts. And who knows? I think that's a really gentle way to open the door. So thank you for listening to my podcast. You were right about my language. I'm also short of breath lately because I'm almost ready to have this baby. And I apologize that the podcast today sounds like me after running a marathon. But this baby's in my lung and its feet are up under my ribs and I just can't breathe anymore. But I will continue to be here for you if you ever want to write me a letter. That's the best advice I have on the subject. If there are any domestic abuse experts listening in who feel like I've got that wrong, I know that a lot of times the listeners look out for each other in this very intimate effing and jeffing friendship that we have. Please write me in because this man deserves the best advice. The best. And mine is like stab in the dark based on my own experiences so i hope this works out and luckily listeners we have until december to sort this and give this wonderful man the best advice for how to handle this um, very troubling situation thank you for listening i'm putting my christmas decorations up this week halloween's over christmas has begun so don't feel ashamed to do the same if you want to i have one week of touring left i'm in canterbury briefly this week and then i'm up north stoke something else that sounds like Stoke, Leicester, Manchester, I think. And then I'm done. I am done. You won't see me live again for at least a year and a half. Thank you for listening. Write me a letter telling everybody everything at gmail.com. Look after yourselves and I'll see you soon. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com